What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin. Now, I got my guy with me who used to work for the NBA Wire sites. Now he's doing his thing over at DraftKings, just putting in all the work in the whole entire world, putting the world on his back. Nick Fryer. What's going on, Nick? I'm like uh, I'm like Ben Simmons is in this series, right? This is coming series. You have to put the Sixers on my back. He's going to have to. He's going to have to. We're going to get into that, you know, further along into this podcast, Nick. You know, as the Philadelphia 76ers are getting set to move on to round two for the first time since 2019, they're going to take on the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Philadelphia finished off the Washington Wizards in five games. Uh, the Hawks finished off the New York Knicks in five games. So real quick, real briefly, we're just going to kind of look back on this playoff series real quick for Philadelphia. Uh, they won the series in five. They had a 3-0 lead. But then they lose Joel Embiid in game four. They end up losing game four. Come back home to Philly, finish off the um, the Wizards in five games. So, Nick, I think the biggest thing for me, man, from the biggest takeaway from the series is obviously Joel's injury. Um, because now he's day-to-day, a small lateral meniscus tear in his right knee. Um, the last time I heard, Nick, I, I think meniscus tears, they can keep you out for longer than just day-to-day. That's the last That's time not- I heard of that. But – I mean, Joel, looked. he warmed up before game four. Uh, excuse me, not game four, game five. He was out warming up before game five. He was putting in some work. He looked like he was moving okay. He didn't have a knee brace on either. And he was just out there putting up some shots and putting up three-pointers and doing post moves with coaches before um, the game five went over the Wizards. So the fact that he was out there working out to me, Nick, says that maybe, hey, maybe this isn't as serious as the initial diagnosis of a meniscus tear. The Sixers are going to need to be not that serious, Kai, if they're going to have a legit chance. I mean, look, when I, when I look at the Hawks series and I think, oh, no, indeed, that's going to be a, be a big problem. Even if they get past that, how are they going to handle the Bucks or the Nets when it comes to that point in the Eastern Conference Finals? But but like, but you're absolutely right. The, the biggest takeaway is that is the, that Embiid, the injury and everything. But I will say, you know, we, we've talked about the Sixers in the past where they've had you know issues putting teams away or letting things go too long. I don't care that they lost that one game. Obviously, Embiid getting hurt. They lose by, what, seven in that one. So, eh, you know, what? A, not a big deal. Anytime it's a gentleman's sweep, I don't really care in, in a series that one team is supposed to win. That's just one game. You take the day off, whatever. Fine. Um, but I know Ben Simmons stepped up, and, and, and uh, Tobias Harris played well in that last game, and some other guys made contributions too. But, I mean, the, the Wizards were such a huge disappointment for me this year. I would have thought with Russell, Russell Westbrook what he did for, um, you know, what he did in the Western Conference all those years. And then you, you put him with Bradley Beal. I would have thought, okay, like this is going to be a team that they'll probably lose in the first round, but they're going to put up a fit no matter who they play. And I understand what the Sixers have been this year, but that team just is nothing. And I don't know why Bradley Beal is still, still wants to st- – I respect him for wanting to stick around, but they're just not making it work. But as for the Sixers, man – I would have said for like the look coming at before I jump ahead to this series, like the biggest thing is Embiid. Knowing that he's moving around, okay, good. But Kai, we're talking about going against John Collins and, and Clint Capella, who I know had a big night against the Knicks and the Knicks. Oh, look at that. Look at Knicks fans were losing their mind. Oh, the Knicks are gonna win the first round, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> shock of the century. I mean, I want to see Julius Randle do well, but I mean, come on. And oh, and then the entire time, like I think it was after the game two win, they started chanting, We want Brooklyn. And, 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 and it was like, dude, you got to deal with Atlanta first. And then even if you get past Atlanta, you'd have to face Philadelphia in round two before you even get to Brooklyn. So, yeah. I mean, you need to relax there for a hot second. So, Knicks fans, listen, Knicks had a, Knicks had a really, really great series. I don't want to take anything away from the Knicks. You know, their entire season was incredible. 
but um just Knicks fans that you gotta pump the brakes a little bit you gotta realize <laughs> what your team is you, you gotta relax there a little bit they need some help offensively outside of Julius Randle um but listen for Philadelphia in this series you bring you brought up Tobias Harris you brought up Ben Simmons I thought Harris to me I when I did a podcast previewing this series I said Tobias Harris is going to be the biggest x factor because if you look back at Harris's career playoff numbers, not just with Philadelphia, but even with Detroit in 2016, his playoff numbers have been garbage. Like he, he's in his playoff career heading into this series, he was averaging 15 points and shooting 31% from deep. And I think only 42% from the floor. Like just, he absolutely just struggled in his first playoff series under doc in this series with Washington, he averaged 25 points. He shot 50 and a half percent from the floor I think he shot 38.1% from deep. Those are just off the top of my head last time I looked at them. So Tobias had a hell of a series. Uh, as for Ben Simmons, I thought Ben had an incredible series. I thought Ben was great except for game four. And this is why game four really just kind of stands out to me because once Joel went down, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to turn to Tobias Harris. I'm going to turn to Ben Simmons. I need you two to step up. Harris shot eight for 24 in game four. Ben Simmons only took five shots in game four, five shots. And, and the wizards went to the hack of Ben and he only went five for 11 from the free throw line. Uh, and he, she, and he was shooting five for 20 from the free throw line through the first four games of the series, Nick, through the first four games of the series, your point guard is shooting 25% from the free throw line. Um, give Ben credit. He had a hell of a game five triple double, but I mean, Ben's going to have to, kind of start knocking down free throws yeah i mean and that's where when we look at the, the next series it's like okay you say tobias harris needs to be your x factor in the series and i think that's always like a good spot to have him if you're looking at ben simmons and joel Embiid being your best two players your third best player you know if you're having a big three or whatever your third best player is should be your x factor and he should be what puts you over the top so right. going but going into the hawks series right now tobias harris has to be your second best or best player because joel Embiid, we just don't we don't know I am extreme. Like for the Sixers' sake, I'd be extremely worried. Like anytime you're talking meniscus, I don't care if it's a full or partial tear. It's just no joke. It's not. Yeah, it's really so, not. So I mean, you're going, and then when, when like I said, when you're going against the two bigs that you're going to be going up against too, I understand Collins is a little bit shorter and everything, but still a big like that. That's. I, if, uh, if Ben, Sim like Ben Simmons is going to have to step up too. That's the other thing. Like, Tobias Harris playing as your second best player. Okay. Maybe it could happen. And Joel Embiid would be better at, like as your, as an, like a, maybe a wild X factor could be good. Fine. But Simmons having to be your best player. That is a leap for me that I just, I, if I'm a Sixers fan, I'm not comfortable with. Well, just Ben Simmons is so elite defensively though. Like this, this is what I'm saying. Like if you go back to the wizard series and I know Nick, you've been, that's like, you've obviously been very busy with DraftKings and everything else. But if, if, if you really yeah, were able to sit down and watch one of those Sixers wizards games, yeah, Simmons did a hell of a job against Bradley Beal. Um, him and Matisse Thibel, the two of them just did a hell of a job against Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook even. Like I thought the two of them just really did a hell of a job against both of those uh, superstars that the, that the Wizards do have. Um, heading into this series with Atlanta, I do agree with you to a certain extent about Ben being your best player because the Hawks have a lot of offensive weapons. It's not just Trey Young. Bogdan Bogdanovich is shooting the hell out of the ball. For Atlanta, then not 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 just Bogdan Bogdanovich. There's Kevin Herter. There's DeAndre Hunter. There's you mentioned John Collins. Uh, there's also Danilo Gallinari off the bench. There's also Lou Williams off the bench. So like like the Hawks have a lot of different scoring options that they can turn to. And for Philadelphia, um, they, sure they scored 129 points in Game Five, but 
I just I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up that type of production against a team like the Hawks, considering, you know, they're probably going to they're going to have to put up a bunch of scoring numbers to be able to keep up with them. They're not going to be able to really stop the Hawks, if that makes sense. Look, generally speaking, back to the Ben Simmons stuff, I'm never I'm very rarely going to be questioning his defensive capabilities. But with what Trey Young did in New York, and I understand New York and Philly are very different. Right. Um, I, I still like, you know, Trey Young and Bradley Beal, as much as there are similarities with the players, too, like. I'm kind of out on Bradley Beal right now. I, I got to be honest. I've been out there like, I'm not saying he's a bum or anything like that, Kai. It's just that when I when how like you bring in Westbrook and it, it, fine if you if you just completely don't like Westbrook and you think he's to blame, cool. But they've just the Wizards could perpetually underperform, and I understand sometimes he doesn't have the weapons, but I just I, I'm sorry. Like I look at Trey Young more um, positively, I guess, than I do uh, Bradley Beal right now, and I think he's gonna be a tougher guy to stop. I just feel like Trey Young offers a lot of issues for the Sixers just because he is poten- he is not potentially he's historically a guy who gives them a type of issue because the Sixers still struggle with guarding those quicker off the dribble point guards. Um, e- even with the additions they made, it's going to be a really tough sledding against Trey Young because it's like you ke- I don't think you can put Ben on him because Ben right. str- Ben struggles with those quicker point guards. He struggled in the past with guys like Kemba Walker when he was still with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, he struggled. He's yeah, right. He struggled with Kyrie Irving in the past, like like just th- those quicker point guards. And another thing too, the Sixers they struggle in Atlanta. They lost in Atlanta back in January. Um, so you know, like like State Farm Arena is just kind of a tough place for them to go win in. I don't know what it is. That could change in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, they struggle historically in Atlanta. It's going to be very interesting to kind of see how this series goes on. The Sixers should win this series, Nick. I mean, okay, if Joel Embiid's healthy, if Joel Embiid is 90% himself, I might even say if he's 80% himself, then they're fine. They're absolutely right. fine, and we don't even need to spend more than five minutes on this. They're, they're going to win it. If he's at full percent, I mean, full, like full go, then I would say the, the Sixers win this in five games. But it's a meniscus. So right. I against a team that has a couple bigs that are pretty athletic and can rebound, like, I don't know that I can say, like, when you ask me my first prediction, I don't know that I can go with the Sixers because of Embiid as a question mark. Yeah, and it's going to be tough because Sixers are going to have to go small. Mm-hmm. You know, it, um, they went small in game five against Washington. Doc started Matisse in Joel's place. And, they, and, and they Simmons went, the center. Yeah, basically, they basically made Ben the five, and they put the ball in Seth Curry's hand a lot, and they had Seth and Tobias run a two-man game a lot. And, you know, Ben as a screener and the roller and things like that. Ben was still able to get a triple double though. And, and like Simmons was still able to have like a huge impact on that game. And I feel like that's going to be really huge going forward in the series with Atlanta, because that's technically basically your center right now coming up with a triple double. So I, I feel like just moving forward, you're going to have to play a lot of small ball. Uh, you'll, I mean, Dwight, Dwight Howard is still, Dwight Howard is still very productive to me. I feel like Dwight is still, can still go out there and he had 12 and eight in game five against Washington. Yeah. Yeah, so, he's a good backup center for sure. I mean, I think he's a, a, definitely a good guy to have backing up and beat. I know we've talked about that a lot over the past few years, how having a backup center in Philly has been an issue. And right. I don't think it is anymore, but he's also not a guy who – clearly he's not a guy that Doc wants to turn to for starter minutes. No, he doesn't want to because, I mean, Dwight doesn't fit well with Ben. Like, like that's, always, that's always been the issue. And that's why the Sixers during the, during the regular season went 10-11 and 11 without Joel. Um, but there was a stretch there where they went 7-3 and three without him. When he had the, when he had the bone bruise in his left knee, ironically against the Washington Wizards, uh, <laughs> back in March. So 
you know, without Joel, they were able to kind of figure it out. The thing is, though, they don't have a Tony Bradley anymore who, who played very well during those 10, 10 games without Joel. They trade him the George Hill deal. And now you, all of a sudden you're relying on Mike Scott, who, I mean, I mean, Mike Scott has just been unplayable, really. You know, yeah, uh, anytime Mike Scott's getting brought up in the conversation, I I really have to fight hard to not laugh. Like, come on. Like, yes, I, 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 right. I mean, like Mike He's your 14th man. Yeah, like Mike Scott, you know, Mike Scott started the second half of game four against Washington, you know, because <laughs> like, 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 like that's who Doc turns to normally when Joel can't go. He'll start Mike Scott because he can, you know, he has the ability to step out and, and shoot three-pointers, but he just hasn't been able to hit them enough to really warrant more playing time. Um, and on top of that, he was getting destroyed by Rui Hashimura and Alex Len and Robin Lopez down low and even Daniel Gafford. So I, I, I look at the Sixers situation and um, I will say this. If Joel can't go, let's just say Joel misses three games in this series. Let's say he randomly comes back like game four because Doc didn't give a timeline. Doc said mm. he's hopeful Joel can return in these playoffs. He's hopeful. Um the reason why I think it's I, the reason why I think it's going to be sometime in this series with Atlanta is because he literally was out warming up before Game Five, and obviously he was already out for Game Five. But the fact that he was out there putting in some work and getting some work in should be a good sign, really, really for Sixers fans. So let's just say Joel comes back, like let's just say randomly Game Four is the game. Joe, if if Joel, as you mentioned, Nick is eighty to ninety percent himself and they come back game four, I think the Sixers can win this series. Uh, I'm going to say six games if Joel misses time. Um, if Joel randomly shows up in game one or game two, I think Sixers in five. It's just a matter of what the Joel is that we're going to see. Because I, I know that a lot of – I know there are still some guys who, if they're – I mean, look, it's – we're not talking about uh, like a lower back pain that like I'm going to suffer for, but I'm not really going to get much more hurt from more than likely. We're talking right. about a meniscus issue that now, if he already has to undergo surgery off the season after the season, it's not going to matter. And he's not, it can't hurt it worse. It's just going to be uncomfortable. Then. Okay. Then maybe he's going to, maybe we'll see him out there, but this is a situation where it's like, we could, I, I think we could, you could see him play and then very easily he could be out again shortly after. And right. you are screwed. If you do not have him the entire series or you do not have him for four out of the seven games, you are done. I have no faith. I do not have any faith in the Sixers winning the series. If they don't have Joel Embiid for the majority of the games in this series, I don't think that's that ridiculous. I don't think it's ridiculous because I mean, the Hawks, the Hawks are, they're not going to be a pushover. Like that's the thing. Like Trey young had a really terrific series against the New York Knicks. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Matt Madison square garden is a tough environment to go into and get wins. And you know, that like, like Knicks fans are just as passionate as Sixers fans at the Wells Fargo center. So uh, Trey young already has experience of going into opposing teams arenas in the playoffs and getting wins. So I don't think he's going to be afraid of the moment here in Philadelphia either. Um, I think the biggest X factors for the Hawks even are going to be Danilo Gallinari because um, Gallinari struggled on the road in the series with, with New York. And the fact that the Sixers do have home court advantage, I think it's going to be like a really huge thing for the Sixers in this series as well, because they got full capacity in Philadelphia now, mm -hmm. you know, the, like that there are, there are 15,000 to 16,000 people just like going absolutely bananas for their team. And I feel like that's going to affect a lot of guys on the Hawks, a lot of younger guys outside of Trey, at least. And I mean, at the end of the day, man, if you can get Tobias Harris to continue this efficiency that he is playing with right now, that's a game changer. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I think you bring like just the ancillary players for the Hawks are going to be big in this because look, Trey, I know Trey Young is going to go out when with like play the do the take care of the majority of the offense for you in right. the game for the Hawks. But he's still, and I get that Ben Simmons has a tough time stopping the smaller guys, but he's still a smaller guy. He can still get beat up. He can still get worn down a little bit. This is, it's not like we're dealing with Kawhi or Durant or, uh, I know Giannis for his playoff woes in general, but in, in the size and everything that yeah. makes in LeBron, of course, and AD makes a big difference. He's still a small guy. So th- those guys do get beat up. As we've seen it happen with Kyrie before. So I do think that it's like within the realm of, um, Within the real possibility that they could, the Sixers could win the series, even without Embiid. Like it's it's very small chance. Like I I think, I think this game. I I think it's very lazy usually to say that a series is going to go seven games. But if you do not have Joel Embiid on the floor for five games, then this will guaranteed go seven games. Um, in general, that that's where I'm at right now. Like it's, and I think that the Hawks. Uh, there is there. It's like a very case by case situation where my prediction um, like goes under Kai. Like, so I would say right now, I think I'm going with the Hawks because I don't like what's up with Embiid's knee. And I, I just can't, I can't get past that. And he's going to have to prove me wrong in the course. Of all. And it's not like a, I doubt his toughness or I doubt his ability. It's just that you have a brutal freaking injury. And I don't know how you overcome that. I'm not really sure what the diet, what, what the timeline really is, even for a small lateral meniscus tear. Like, 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 I, though, bro. you know like it's brutal i i, I know it sucks I, I know like the thing is though i mean like the fact that they're saying day to day and then joel what was warming up before game five so it's like so it's like is it really not as bad as what they think it is or is it like an actual meniscus tear that's the thing because even wojanowski went on espn and woj was like i've been told that this isn't serious like just they, they need to give him time to just rest up but if then, it's not yeah. serious, then forget it. Then the Sixers have this uh, like lock and key, like like six games. I would probably say because I I respect them a little bit more than I do the a lot more than I do the Wizards. I don't understand. I don't understand like why you're disrespecting the Wizards. They went they were seventeen and thirty two, and they rallied to get into the playoffs like this. Sure, they did. I just expected a lot more from a uh, Westbrook led team in the Eastern Conference. Sorry. Hey man, I will I will accept no Russell Westbrook slander on. This I game. love Westbrook. I'm not. Bl- I'm actually not blaming him. I'm blaming the other people that he plays with more so. Yeah, I mean, like, like, listen, the Wizards, the Wizards heading into the series, I, I, I didn't give them a shot just because it was like, who, who in the hell is going to guard Joel? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? No, like they that. had no, no, they had no chance. I, I just would have thought like they put up a fight, and they didn't. I mean, they other than the game that they won, they got blown, their doors blown off every night. I don't know. Game one, game one, they actually had a, um, they actually had a double digit lead in the first half, and I think they, I think the lead was even seven in the second half, but then Joel got going. Okay, so, that game they didn't. That was the one game they didn't that they did, that they lost. They didn't lose by double digits. Fair enough. But then after that, it was one twenty ninety five, one thirty two to one oh three, and the other loss was one twenty nine to one twelve without Embiid. To be fair, the six, Wizards had a double digit lead in Game Five too. <laughs> so. I, I care about that final score, bro. And so I, it's either way. When it comes to this series, it is very much Joel Embiid is the X factor, which is scary for Sixers fans. But if he is clear, if he's like okay to start the series and he feels healthy and everything, and again, eighty percent is all I need. I, I don't feel like that's asking a lot. As much as it's like a meniscus tear and all that, it could be tough. If he's in it from start to finish, then I would probably put this at a six-game series, and then the Hawks. I mean, sorry, the Sixers win that one. If it's anything less than that, then I'm leaning towards the Hawks in seven games.
No, I hear you. I hear you. I feel like if Joel doesn't go, I'm taking the Sixers and seven because of the home court. You know, the, the just I mean, I mean, the home court and, you know, Philadelphia Sixers are just unbeatable at Wells Fargo Center. So um, so and then also I feel like I feel like they're just a way Tobias Harris is playing. Um, also, Seth Curry, too, if you can get Seth Curry continuing to just fire up the three pointers. I think Philadelphia is somewhere around like 24 and one or 25 and one. And that includes the postseason when Seth Curry shoots 50% from deep in the game. So really, yeah, something ridiculous like that. So if you get Seth Curry going a little bit, Danny green too. Danny green, I thought played a very big part um, in the game five win against Washington, even though the numbers probably won't say it. Um, Matisse Thibel as well. And then, and George Hill and Tyrese Maxey too. Hell of a series for Tyrese Maxey as a rookie. Um, he comes in here, he's down, he plays downhill. He's not afraid of anything. He's been really good. And then also, I think another one here, Nick, is if you can get Shake Milton going again. The Shake was miserable in that series against Washington. Just absolutely miserable. He got jumped in the rotation by Maxi. He obviously already has George Hill ahead of him. Um, and then there's also Furkan Korkmaz, too. I mean, Furk, Furk had an okay series against Washington. I will give him that. I will give Furk an okay series against Washington. He was miserable in game one. Furk was awful in game one. He was unplayable. He, he shot – he missed all three of his threes – and he was getting burned by Beal and Westbrook on the other end. And even Ish, Ish Smith and um, Howell Meadow were, like, burning him as well. So, but uh, for the most part, Ferk had an okay series after game one. So, I got to give him credit. I don't know why, but every time I hear his name, I can't help but chuckle. It's just something about Furkan Korkmaz. I don't know why. But the other thing, too, Kai, it, looking, at the, looking at what happened in the Knicks series for the Hawks, I mean, that was obviously a low-scoring series. And right. I know going against the Wizards, you, there's not, you're not going to get any defense whatsoever. But with the Hawks – I don't necessarily look at them and think defense either. So and I do, I think ton of offense, but the Knicks were able to slow them down and the Sixers I'm taking, I don't need to see any numbers. I'm taking the Sixers defensively, even without Embiid, I'm taking them over the Knicks. I just think the Knicks, sure. I, look, I respect their hustle and I respect what Randall did this season. And I love D Rose. Don't get me wrong. And Tibbs, of course, former Celtics coach, like assistant coach and all that stuff. But I just, I never took them seriously. Not for a single second. It was like, this is just, a, this is solely a regular season team and I don't care like it's just what it is but with the Sixers if so if the Knicks are able to slow them down I still think that the Sixers are going to be able to slow them down too and I think the Sixers would be more comfortable in that type of setting versus the Knicks where they just don't have as much as the Sixers without Embiid are like suffer offensively I still feel better about them offensively than I do without Embiid than I do about the Knicks with what they had in the series against the Hawks and then also another one that you just brought up and, and, like, the Hawks are, like, obviously, yeah, they're known for their offense. But defensively, they did a hell of a job against Julius Randle. Mm. Um, I mean, I, like, I noticed they sent waves and waves of defenders at Randle. And, obviously, Joel gets double teamed all the time. Now, again, we're assuming Joel plays at some point in the series. Joel faces double teams, triple teams on an everyday basis. You know, that, that man faces a double team getting out of bed. You know, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, Joel is just, like, like, like he, he's just – it's ridiculous. So – so the Hawks were able to slow down Randall with their double and triple teams. And Randall had a tough time attacking it. Joel is different, you know, because Joel has already seen any double and triple team that you could even throw at him. Um, even from the series, I want to say even, even from his games with the Toronto Raptors, every time they play the Raptors, the way Nick nurse uh, defends him, Joel picks that up quickly now. Yeah. And I know, I noticed he picked it up quickly against Washington as well. Like I remember the wizards sent double teams, against uh, at Joel in game one as soon as he put the ball on the floor 
In game two, they sent double teams when the ball and the pass was in the air to them. In game three, they sent a double team from the baseline, but then they realized it wasn't working, so they tried single coverage, which, I mean, Scott Brooks should be fired for and, and tried for a coaching malpractice for going single coverage with Joel Embiid. Um, and the, that was game three. But, yeah, that's the point is, though, Atlanta will send a lot of double teams. The thing is, Joel's going to be able to pick them apart because, A, he's improved as a passer, and then now he also has offensive weapons there between Danny mm. Green, Seth Curry, and uh, an improved Tobias Harris. Yeah, absolutely. That's why, yeah, when we talk about Julius Randle versus Joel Embiid, it's like, okay, I mean, I did I don't care. That's great that they slowed down Randall. I mean, he, he came a long way this season. Happy Had a hell of a year. Him. Most improved Absol- player, hell of a year. A thousand but, percent. But like, he's not Joel. And that's not an insult. It's just a fact. You're just not even close to being in the same stratosphere as that guy. So, right. but the issue is, again, the issue comes down to how is his health? Is he going to be able to, like, how much is he going to be able to do? The fact that he's evolved as a passer does help where if he's not initially moving around as well, he can serve as not a full on decoy, but some semblance of one that would make a big difference. But then like you still need him to provide offense because you can't have him out there and then have Ben Simmons and only have like five apiece on shots between the two of them. It's just, it's you're almost better off not having Embiid at that point, unless Seth Curry is like, you know, lighting the world on fire, then okay. Right. I mean, like, I think the X factors in this series for me are going to be Joel's injury, obviously, because like, like, that's a huge one. Because you don't really that know. Makes if, makes the if he's, if he's fine. Right. It literally makes it breaks the series. Because I mean, he's, like, yeah. if Joel even plays like four or five games in this series, I mean, the Sixers win it in six. If he were to randomly show up game one on Sunday, then yeah, I'm taking the Sixers in five just because they, they have so much more talent up and down the roster. And then also, um, as much as I love Nate McMillan, like I will take Doc Rivers in a coaching matchup between him, between uh, him and Nate. Although Nate McMillan held the job this season for the Atlanta. Oh Hawks. yeah, absolutely. seriously, absolutely turn that, absolutely turn that team around. Um, but this, I, I look at this series, and and you're right. We it's hard, it's hard to come up with a prediction in this series just because uh, we don't know what's up with Joel or, or when he can return. I'm going to say this: if Joel, if he returns in Game One or Game Two, give me the Sixers in five. If he returns at some point in game three or game four, give me the Sixers and six. If he doesn't play at all, I'm taking the Sixers and seven. So you are still taking the Sixers no matter what. Wow. Okay. I am. I am, Nick, just because, I mean, again, the home court advantage and the fact that um, Tobias has absolutely improved his game. I'm banking on that. Um, And I'm also banking on Ben stepping up his play a little bit more. I think I I, I saw a stat. Um, from CBS Sports's research, I'm, I'm actually going to pull it up uh, right now. That in the playoffs, when Ben without Embiid, Ben Simmons averages 22.8 points, 10 and a half assists. When Joel doesn't play in the playoffs, so I'm, I'm going to I'm going to bank on that. I'm also going to bank on the fact that he can um, lot that he can play his elite defense. So I'm, I'm like I'm going to rock with the Sixers in seven games if Joel doesn't play at all. Okay. I, I think that for this series, like looking at it from a betting perspective, this is who this, this would be a tough one. Like to try and call for straight up. Like, like there's so many caveats with it. It's not like the, the, Nets, the Nets series that you can go and work through it and kind of fi- find ways to justify your logic. You know, who's going to be out there and all that stuff. It's Nets bucks, whatever. It's sure. It's going to be tough. It should be a six, seven game series with this one. I would still think even with 
with like even with Embiid healthy, I would still think it's, it's going to be a six game series. I think the Hawks, you know, get one at home. Actually, they probably would have they would have to win two at home because you're probably it's going to be tough for them to get it on the road. That is that is a big X factor that I am kind of undervaluing in all this too is how the Sixers are going to be the Hawks are going to be able to play on the road. But still, I, I still think like right now, like. I just don't – I don't feel good about him beat stuff. I understand it's not as serious as I thought it would be, but it's like how easy is it for it to get worse? Like the, there's – there's a, like there's – Kai, there's like X factors within X factors, and then you got like Z factors thrown in there too. You Z say, factors. I, like I just don't know. There's so much I we don't know with this. And maybe it's just me getting inside my own head that I, I, like I'm getting all mind warped with it, whatever. But I just – I look at it as – Okay, he comes back, but what does he look like when he comes back? How easy is it for him to make his injury worse and, and like not be able to continue playing? And then, and then what happens from there? Like, so I think if, from a betting perspective, this is like something you got to look at game by game and kind of just go from there. And I wouldn't touch it till you see what Embiid looks like in that first game. I, I'm sorry, the first game Embiid is is back. I wouldn't touch it. And then once you see what he's like in that game, then you can kind of start making your predictions from there. But this is like for, for just what we're doing right now. I'm gonna. I, I don't. I just. This is not a knock and beat. I don't like the injury. I think it's going to be too much for him to overcome. I think I would say that for if it was Kevin Durant, LeBron, AD, anybody, I would say it's too much to overcome and it would impact this series negatively for his team. And I am going to go with the Hawks in seven. Wow. I mean, I mean, listen, I can't fault you. I really can't considering, you know, Philadelphia's playoff history. And um... but weird saying it. I got it. I do. It's the Hawks. And I just, I have definitely talked a ton of crap about them in the past, but I'm no, sorry look, the injury. Look. Listen, it's a good point. It, like it, it really is. It's a really good point because I mean, you don't. Everything banks on Joel. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything banks on Joel. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have to kind of see what happens there. All right, real quick, uh, we're gonna end the podcast off like this. Are the Lakers getting eliminated tonight by the Phoenix Suns? Oh, I hope so. I really oh my hope. God. So. <laughs> I hope Boston so. Fan in you. <laughs> I hope so. Oh no, LeBron is a part owner of the Red Sox now. So you know, of course, this is true. Everybody, everybody in Boston loves him now. No, I mean, I always want to see the Lakers lose. The Lakers, Yankees, I always want to see them lose. Even, even unless I'm picking the Yankees for sports betting purposes, that's different, of course. Boston people, I can't stand it. I'm taking the Lakers in Game Six. I'm taking uh, the Lakers. I, I am not doubting LeBron James. I'm just not. That's fair. That's fair. I was, I, I mean, I've been saying the whole season the Lakers are going to do it, but they've looked brutal in the whole AD stuff. And I, I dislike, really dislike Chris Paul. I've never been a fan. I respect him more now, but I've never liked him. Like uh, it's, he has my respect. It's like, it's kind of like how I feel about Jeter a little bit, um, but less like less uh, impassioned, I guess. I don't like Chris Paul, but I respect him now. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So <laughs> I am going to rock with the Lakers. I'm also going to rock with Portland in game six. I think we're going to see game sevens on both of those series. And for some reason, I don't know why. Give me the Clippers in game six. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna rock with Kawhi and Paul George and they kill me, Reggie Jackson to, to lead the LA Clippers uh, past the Dallas Mavs in Game Six. But this is gonna be really weird, Nick. You're gonna be like, "What the hell?" I think Dallas wins Game Seven on the road in LA because the Clippers are the weirdest franchise in the history of uh, NBA franchises. Dude, the the Clippers are absolutely my blind spot, and it's a thousand. I love Kawhi. I have you know, as a player and everything. I think he's great, but Paul George is like my biggest like soft spot ever. I I like people talk about playoff P now, and it's like oh he choked last year or whatever, and he's choking again, whatever. 
Do you guys remember what he did when he was with the Pacers? I mean, he was like, it was him against LeBron. That was after D Rose and everything like that. And that was the team that came close to dethroning him. And I'm sure the league wanted to see LeBron win when he was in Miami. So that, that there's no way that played a role in any of it. But they went fucking toe to toe with him. And I've all, Paul, Paul George is always, I, I know he's done a lot of stupid shit, but I've always had a soft spot for him since then. I liked him a little before, but then it was like, oh, all right. But now, man, it's like, ah. Oh. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm fine with Luca, but I. I think you're right. I think the Mavericks are going to win the series. Yeah, j- j- just because the Clippers are just the Clippers are literally the weirdest franchise in the NBA okay. in the history of the NBA. I really don't understand like why that because like even let's go back to the Doc era when they had Blake and CP3 and JJ Redick and DeAndre Jordan and, and just like you, you like the fact that that team didn't win either. Like that was another one. It was like what the hell? They did nothing with that team. If the, neither like it's that, the franchise is just snake bit and that's what it is. If they if they don't win it like with Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, if you don't win with Kawhi, Paul George and then and then even the role players around them. I mean Pat Beverly, um Reggie Jackson, uh Ivica Zubas, that's my guy. Uh, Ivica Zubas, like like Rajon Rondo, I mean, I mean like, like like the Clippers are putting pieces around these guys, and they're just they're not able to get it done. All right, Nick, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and find all your work. Uh, you can find me at Nick underscore Fryer on Twitter. Um, you guys can catch me, you know, a few days a week over on uh, DraftKings, uh, the Sweat over on DK Live, and then of course all my betting stuff is over on DKNation.com backslash Playbook. And also, real quick, I want to give a shout out to everybody who reads Sixers Wire stuff. We have hit 1.5 million views for May. So I want to I want to give everybody a shout out. Thank you so much for reading Sixers Wire all throughout this entire season. Um, we actually we have hit a million views in December, January, March, April, May. And we're off to a hell of a start these first couple of days in June. So thank you guys so much for checking out SixersWire.com. And as for Nick, I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ringer. 